You're listening to Geek Jabber Live, the show where the main host has a face for radio and a voice for silent movies. Strap yourselves in and dial up the disappointment. Welcome to Geek Jabber Live. Yes, and Geek Jabber Live go burr. Yes, we're back again for another show or something. Is that burr because it's cold or? <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's the uh, Geek Jabber Live engine powering up. Um, it'll soon go kaplunk and we'll go. We'll be ready. <laughs> so, hello, you, hello. As you can tell, we have a three-person show this this um, this time. I can words properly tonight. My brain is not functioning. Um, what we you have... meant to say is we're having a three-way tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we've got myself. Uh, oh. So oh boy. myself, um, Tim, over in the um, part of Canberra that goes burr. We have uh, Nick up in Sydney, and over in the penis-shaped country called Sweden, we have Quirty. Hello, Hello. It's good to be good to be back, and good to have my voice back um, for a change. Um, sorry, I missed you guys last uh, last time. Yeah. Well, I think this is. Um, I should mention. I think this is the first show that you've come back on with my new mic. So hopefully, some of the. Uh, audio quality issues from previous shows should sort themselves out a little bit. I thought you sounded a bit different, more wholesome. More wholesome, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, That's the well, word that springs to mind. Well, more wholesome as opposed to talking out my hole. Mm. Uh, well, there's that. What are we doing tonight? So we are doing a uh, another quiz show. So... This one is, I think, going to be uh, slightly longer than our previous shows. Last, the last couple of shows, I think I've had 20 questions. This time I've got 25. So oh, oh, hopefully, uh, hopefully um, they're going to, we're going to have a good show out of this. So um, covering a variety of different topics. So do you want to dive into it? Let's go. So the yep. first topic is, I think, one of Nick's favorite topics, vintage computing. Oh yes, oh, boy, hey. <laughs> uh, I have done no study, by the way. So um, yeah, been busy. Yep. So the first question: What three computers were collectively known as the 1977 Trinity? Oh, I don't know. That that's a hard one. <laughs> You're starting <laughs> off uh, difficult. Yeah, starting off difficult. So. The Altair 8080 was basically the one that kicked off home computing. There are three computers that came along not after that, that were the first three in 1977, that were the first computers we'd recognise as something similar to what we use now. Um, do you happen to know what three computers they were? Look, I have to admit the 70s is not my strong suit. When my retro computing is uh, <laughs> sort of the eighties onwards, I will say once I'm I mentioned it wasn't uh, Commodore. <laughs> you say That's that it's one of them. One of them's got to be the Commodore. Well, you've guessed one of them. Almost guessed one of them. So one of them we'll was give that the one to Quirtis. Right. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give give Quirtis half a point there, uh, because yeah, the one of them was the Commodore Pet. And you're, I'm going to say oh, Atari. Yeah. Was Atari another one? No. You, do you want... You're going to keep yourself no, yeah, right on the other two. The other two... I probably... The Apple II. Oh, of course. And the, yeah. ta and the Tandy Trash 80, as it was... 
Ah, yes. I am kicking myself. Yes. But speaking of Apple, um, this one is also a bit of a trick question. What CPU did the Apple 2GS use? Nick. Yep. I'm going to go... It was a Motorola-based uh, yeah, it was a Moto- PC, wasn't it? Motorola-based machine. And it's a 68,000, I believe. Oh, that was sort of more, more the Apple Mac rather than the Apple 2GS. Ah, yeah, I'd only be guessing. I'm not too sure what came yeah, the, that. The reason it's a trick question, most of the Apple II lines use the 6502, which is what a lot of the other ones used. The 2GS used the 65C816, which was the 16-bit variant of the 6502. Right. There you go. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to get that, but um, thought I'd throw a curveball in there anyway. Yeah, thanks for that. Do I get half a point for getting Motorola? <laughs> uh, I'll give you half a point for that. <laughs> oh, you said <laughs> Because uh, uh, I think most of those were made by Motorola, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, probably would have been back then, yeah. Yeah, next question. Yeah. Many early home computers came with the basic programming language. What does BASIC stand for? Nick. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I sort of <laughs> jumped in a bit early. <laughs> um, I was thinking BIOS for some reason, and now BASIC has escaped me. Okay. Uh, um, I'm going to give this one to QWERTYS if he wants to have a shot. <laughs> uh, no idea. You're going to kick oh, um, yourself. Yeah, you're going to kick yourself. Beginners all-purpose symbolic instruction code. Oh, the, I, look, I, to be honest, I don't think I've ever known that. I've probably heard it sometime, but uh, yeah, I think yeah, I, I, I th- that doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I think a lot of people call it basic because they think it's easy without realizing that um, it's actually an abbreviation. <laughs> there you go. So, next question. Um, what was the first computer with a megabyte of memory to sell for under a thousand US dollars? Could it be an Atari? I'm going I would to say an Atari as well. Yeah, uh, I'll give that one to Quotes. Um, it was the Atari yeah. ST. Yeah. 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 Well done. Yep. So, yes. Um, it, uh, there were two variants. There's the 520 ST, and I forget the price of that. And there was the 1040 ST, which was mm. 999 US dollars, and that came was the model yep. that came with the Meg. And I actually have one of those, so I should have probably known this. Yes, yeah, I'll, I've used the Atari 1040. They were good little music production machines because they had uh, onboard yeah. MIDI. Yeah. Which, they were uh, quite um, powerful. They, they had the Gem uh, desktop, didn't they? The, yeah. G, the Gem OS. Yeah, yeah. the Gem desktop. Yeah. Um, and the, the other nice little thing about them was um, the floppy drive was somewhat PC compatible, which made moving data between the PC and Atari fairly straightforward. Yep. That's right. But uh, next, um, next question, so to finish off the vintage computers section, what was the killer app that made the Apple II computer popular? Missy Calc. I'm giving that to QWERTY. 
Yeah. That was quick. I, I was I was going to say something like Claris Works, but I know that wasn't correct. <laughs> yes. So Claris Works was later for the Mac. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yay, I knew something. <laughs> so um, oh go, going to the next section, which is networking. Now, um, the first question, I'm going to give you one point if you get in the general ballpark, but a bonus point if you're geeky enough to know the exact answer. How many IPv4 addresses are there? What, like, in, in like, total? In total. Like, if you were to count up all the different IP addresses you could use, what number would yeah, you Yeah, how come many up? you can... Yeah. That's something I, I, I should like I feel yeah. I feel like I should know the answer, considering I'm in the industry. Um, <laughs> but I've got no fucking idea. I'm gonna just take a stab and go. Uh, Two hundred million. Not even close. Oh fuck. Um, four billion two hundred ninety-four million nine hundred sixty-seven thousand two hundred ninety-six. Yeah, it's a round number. Or approximately 4.3 billion. There you go. There, yeah, I was way off. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so it's basically 255 times 255 times 255 times 255. Um, well, yeah, that makes yeah. sense, but that's math. And yeah. At this time of night, yeah. that ain't happening. So. <laughs> well, well, this one is marginally curveball. Because I think um, people know two of these ranges, but don't necessarily remember the third. There are three IPv4 ranges that are considered private IP ranges in that they're not supposed to be routed on the general general global internet. What are those three ranges? Nick. 192. Okay, you can. I heard, I heard <laughs> so Nick first. Yeah. yeah, so uh, you've got your class A, which is 10. 0.0.0, uh, class B 172.16.0.0, and class C, which is 192.168.0.0. Yeah, I'll give that to the, you. the traditional classes. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll there give, are some uh, extra ones yeah. which well, have come around yep. since. Yep. Well, Don't ask me what they are. I'll, I'll actually clarify. There's, se uh, yeah, there's, se there's 72.16.0.0 to 172.31.255. So there's actually oh, quite a few different ranges of yeah they they've expanded um yeah they've expanded those those yeah. classes so since, i think but, there's uh, um yeah i think there's another po popular one which is 169.254 which is not technically a private ip range in the way we consider these ones it's more for um, what's called zero config networking. So if they if you connect to a network yeah. and there's no DHCP server, it'll give it something in one nine six nine dot two five four, which is also a convenient right. convenient way to test if your DHCP server isn't working. That's right. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, though, the zero conf IP addresses aren't really that usable, and I believe most routers won't route them yeah. anyway. Yeah. So yeah. But um, speaking of uh, routers. What techno technology is commonly used in home internet routers as well as elsewhere to allow multiple devices to connect to the internet using a single IPv4 address? Nick. Yep. Uh, we're talking about NAT? We're talking about NAT. 
we are talking about that. Um, I believe it's also available for IPv6, but um, on IPv6, I don't think it's common because it's pointless. Well, it's redundant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is more a computer hardware-related question, but it also relates to dial-up internet-style networking. What common PC upgrade was required to support a 28K or faster dial-up modem? Sorry, repeat that question again. I just so had a brain. What, what common PC upgrade was required to properly support a 28K or faster dial-up modem? Nick. Yep. I'm, I'm going to say CPU. It's <laughs> like not, you, not the CPU. Need... <laughs> oh, okay. Like, it's not the modem, is it? It's not the actual modem. Think of what the modem connects to. Serial port? Uh, I will give that one to you, uh, QWERTY, uh, because, um, like, it, we, you know, the actual technical term, we, technical name for it is the 16550. Well, 16550 UART. So, um, when, uh. when 28K modems came about, it was sort of an interesting sort of time in sort of PC hardware. So, older... 32-bit machines like the 286, 286 and 486 use the 16450 UART which could only reliably communicate up to 19.2k um, so you'd get drop packets if you go faster than that um, laser That's very tricky yeah. of you Tim yeah. though yeah. because yeah. I was thinking uh, about internal modems not external yeah. serial port modems yeah. But yeah, the the yeah it was a little bit tricky because um, I'm also thinking external modems were the most common ones at that particular point. But yeah, the sixteen five fifty, which were used in late four eight sixes and Pentiums, um, allowed up to one hundred and fifteen point two. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the last question and. Um, I'm hoping somebody remembers this because um, I was reminded of it when I was asking these questions. What was 512K Day? I don't know. 512K Day? I think if I remind you of the event, you'll be kicking yourself. But um, it's a particular day. I'll give you a time frame. It's a day that happened on the 12th of August. 2014. Does that ring any bells for you? No. Okay. <laughs> it really doesn't. And I feel like it's going to be obvious once you tell yeah. us. But... So basically, it was the internet networking or internet version of Y2K. Um, so back, back in those days, we were still primarily IPv4. And it was when we hit... Or when routing tables hit 512,000 entries for that many prefixes, older routers, that was the limit of what older routers could handle. So if um, it's basically the time when the older routers would overflow and half the internet would stop working. Yeah, right. Okay. I, I, I can't say that I ever was ever really impacted by it, so it's probably something I didn't remember. 
Yeah. Uh, because uh, of that. Yeah, I think um, most, like it was something that was more an internet provider thing. Like internet providers had mm. to worry about it if they had older equipment. That, um, so I think um, it was largely a non-event in the same way Y2K was because most of the internet providers um, saw it coming and basically dealt with it before before it became a problem. But um, that was the day when we hit 512,000 prefixes and older equipment would basically fail. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, going into the next section, computer malware. So, by, mal oh by malware, we're talking your typical viruses, Trojans, um, all of that well, sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, so basically things that can harm your computer. So... First question in this set, what was the first known computer virus ever released? Nick. You mean virus? Yep. Nick? Or... Oh, yeah. It's probably going to be wrong, but it didn't have something to do with uh, Michelangelo or something like that. That's a lot. Hold that thought because that might be coming a bit later, but it's not Michelangelo. <laughs> uh, no, I can't think of it. So... Um, I'm using the term virus slightly loosely here. It goes back to yeah. uh, 1971 when we were connected, when it was still oh, ARPANET. And it was basically a uh, self-replicating program that went around ARPANET. And the only payload was it wrote the message, I'm the creeper, catch me if you can. So, uh, yes. so, so, so it was sort of a virus in um, the sense that it was self a self-replicating program, but it didn't yes. do a whole lot in the way of uh, damage. Yeah, I was thinking of um, another one. What were you thinking um, of? Uh, the Morris worm. Yeah, I think uh, that was think that was slightly later, and. Yeah, that that the payload on the Morris worm was slightly different. So it used to go around, like the whole point of the Morris worm was to gauge the size of ARPANET, and um, a bug in the code basically meant it took down took down mainframes. But um, yeah, that's not ideal. Yeah, but the uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> no. the the next yeah. uh, the next uh, question. What was the first computer virus discovered for the PC? I'm going to go with Michelangelo again because <laughs> again, again, the hold that thought, but it's um actually not correct. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing not Melissa. No, not Melissa. No, not I love that was two thousands, wasn't it? Yeah, Melissa. Mm. Yeah, Melissa was I think two thousand and one, two thousand two ish. Yeah, that was that. That yeah. was much later. Uh, I couldn't tell you what the first one was. Okay, so the first one was a boot sector virus um, called the brain virus. <laughs> so basically, Ooh. yeah, we don't see them much anymore, but this is why you had to be very careful about leaving random disks in your floppy drive yeah. or in your A drive. Wasn't was um, Apple um, early, uh, previous Apple operating system more vulnerable to boot sector viruses well, and stuff. Yeah, they were a lot they were a lot more common on PC. Um I'm sure Max had them yeah. too. But the reason is that like boot sector viruses would basically, as the name suggests, infect the boot sector of 
the computer, yeah. uh, the way they'd used to infect the machine is if you left an infected boot floppy in, it would still throw up um, uh, no non-system disk um, to hide itself, but it, that part of that would it would copy itself to the hard drive's boot sector, and that would how it, was how it replicated. Yeah. So um, going into a bit later, what um, this is would be going to around Michelangelo. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not third time? Um, this is going back to around ninety six, ninety seven. Why is the concept virus notable? Uh, look, uh, I'm uh, going to uh, take a stab in the dark. Uh, 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 before if, you, if I can, before you do, Michael No, before you do, I will give you one clue. The reason I'm asking I'm asking this question is because a certain Microsoft decision, um, a lot of people, including myself, think is a little bit of a stupid decision because of this virus. That doesn't help. <laughs> a lot of things Microsoft do are stupid. Um, look, I, 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 look, I'm going to go with my original guess in, in terms of that it, it affected multiple versions of the operating system, like whether it be DOS and Windows or various uh, versions I'll, of Windows. I'll, get, I'll give you half a point for that because it was technically the first multi, multi-platform virus in that it could technically infect a PC and a Mac. Hmm. Okay. That is spread to by. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I was thinking of Office. I will give Qwerty uh, half a point there as well. In yeah, fact, in fact, in fact, Office for Mac and PC. Yeah. In fact, I will actually give yeah. you give you the point, the full point there, because you are essentially yeah. correct. It was a proof of concept that that demonstrated the scripting language it found in Microsoft Office oh, could yeah. be used to create viruses. Nice. Yeah. So um, it it didn't really do any damage. Uh, it was just you know, demonstrating that it could be done. And Microsoft, yeah. in their wisdom, like the way Microsoft um, handled it, was they basically disabled. My macros by default, and if there was a macro in the document, it would prompt you to enable them. So suddenly, if you got a prompt for a macro in a document you weren't expecting it in, that was your cue to say there's something wrong here. Um, and they're basically, yeah, they're basically now saying there will be a release that basically disables that. And I'm sort of sitting there going, but that's the most effective. Uh, Waves disabling these viruses. Wasn't it that they changed uh, their minds, or yeah, I think I think they, was... they were gonna disable and not disabling. Yeah. Oh, and... There you go. No, that was good. <laughs> Sorry. Next... Yeah. And Microsoft, in their wisdom, did they put the same macro language VBA or something in the Internet Explorer and integrated <laughs> it with the whole operating system? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it's sort of fairly heavily. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's some somewhat heavily based into other products. But next question: In February 1991. Okay, Michael <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually giving you the point because that's the question I was. 
But um, <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, so in February 1991, what, well, the question was just so you can have the question: What well-known computer virus initially found in Australia was expected to cause chaos amongst computer users, and it was Michelangelo. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and final question for this set: What security event caused some people to stop claiming that Mac OS X? wasn't susceptible to viruses and malware. I, don't know I feel like I grew... should know that, but... Uh... I was going to say people grew a brain all, all of a sudden, <laughs> but no, that's all right. Yeah, um, I'll, get, I'll give you a clue. Um, we're talking around 2011-2012. Look, there, there have been a number of Apple... Yeah viruses and worms and, and, and malware um i i can't yep. really I, i'm not an apple user never okay. have been so I, I couldn't tell you so it's known as the flashback worm uh, basically technically it could infect pcs as well um basically it was the bug in the java li library that was patched by the developers of java everyone else had released the patch um, Mac, Max decided to hold off on releasing it for two months, at which point somebody oh, yeah. exploited it, and within uh, within 24 hours, the um, it had infected half a million Macs over the internet. Which, given Ouchie. given the um, small smaller user base, was uh, yeah, mm. quite the not, not good. And um, I, I seem to remember that Apple quietly. Uh, at about the 24-hour mark, just quietly remove the claim that from their website that Macs don't need antivirus. I remember that, actually, yes. And um, I remember when that happened, and I was, I, was, I was saying to friends, it's like, well, this this has been true for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah. You shouldn't believe the marketing bullshit. Yeah, well, yeah, this, is, this is why, like, you weren't part of the show last week, Nick, but we were talking about sort of general antivirus and anti-malware tools. Yeah. And um, I sort of made reference, which is probably not a popular opinion, um, that, but um, Linux may become susceptible for the same reason. The things that are saving Linux at the moment, one, yeah. one is that um, its design is sort of less susceptible to it, but the other one is your typical Linux user is relatively technical. So they're not going to be put into a position where they're going to be vulnerable, but pretty much guaranteed if it gets any market share among the less technical users, somebody is going to find a way. So um, that's pro yeah. probably a less popular opinion and somebody, some Linux enthusiast is probably going to rip my head off over it. But I think um, if it does <laughs> happen that, it's going to be inevitable. And it's already happening and they infect like... Uh... Python libraries, PHP libraries, yeah. and uh, all, and the whole Linux system is built on trust that you trust the repositories yeah. you download things from. When really you should, so, uh, really you shouldn't be trusting anybody. Yep, that's right. Regardless of OS, I think that's yeah. the the takeaway yeah. point. Yep. Yeah. But I'm um, going into our next new section: computer companies. So first question: Quirky Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't actually uh, think there's one where Apple is the answer. Uh, Darn it. <laughs> good, good try. First question, before changing its name to Seagate, so Seagate, 
what name did the company go by? Uh, Nick. Yep. Uh, I believe it was Max Store. No, Seagate bought Max no. Store oh. a couple of years later, like in the nineties. It was too. You want to have another crack, or because when I tell you, it's going to be obvious. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt myself. Uh, I'm gonna. Can I have a second guess? Was yeah. it Connor? Connor peripherals? No. Oh, then it was Quiddies. No, Sugar Technology. Oh, was Sugar? Oh, that became Seagate. That became Seagate. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that. So, yeah, it's um, they believe, I think it was sort of around the time that the MFN interface was being adopted that they decided to change the names. Yeah. But yeah. Ne next question, and I think this is the first um, multiple choice question I've ever answered. Oh boy! Multiple choice. Which of these manufacturers did not make x86 CPUs? Cyrix, IBM. Motorola via Nick. Freaking Motorola. Yeah. Motorola, yeah. <laughs> um, you both you both came in at the same time, so I'll give you both the point for that one. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which company invented the hard disk drive? Go to Winchester? Nick. No, not Winchester. No. Nick, you had I'm say uh, IBM. IBM. Okay. Uh, Winchester was the name of the drive or something. Yeah, Winchester just popped up. Yeah, Winchester. Yeah, Winchester disc was the um, same name as the the technology in the early hard drives because um, the that's right. The Winchester it was the head assembly that that the Winchester uh. sort of um, because they, it would um, the way it would use the air inside the disc it would blow when when the disc stopped. Uh, or like, you know, during a power failure, the Winchester heads would uh, retract upwards from the platter, not crash down into the platter, uh, hence <laughs> head crash. So, yeah. So next question, what companies did Jack Tramiel operate? And um, the reason I ask this is um, it's sort of a bit of an interesting take on takeover where the companies used to be rivals in until uh, one took uh, the head of one got sacked and bought out the other company well we know it's not apple um <laughs> yeah i honestly I, don't know. I, I, will, I will the other clue i'll give both companies have been mentioned earlier in the show already Really, IBM? <laughs> no. Yeah. Again, this is something you'll be kicking yourself over. Um, uh, most likely. I feel like you're going to say Microsoft. Somehow they're involved. <laughs> no, they're not not involved. Initially, he headed up um, Commodore, then got sacked from Commodore, then created a um, Jack Tramiel. Yeah, Jack Tramiel, <laughs> and then um, he created Tramiel Technology, which ended up buying up Atari. Ah. Uh. So he used to hate Atari and then ended up buying them. And um, the final question in this... He did uh, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Something <thing>. like that. 
Uh, but the yeah. final question, and QWERTY, if you've ever been to the Geek Jabber computer museum in second life hashtag plug um you will you might know the answer to this question so we'll see how much you've been paying attention which british company was responsible for creating the arm cpus which are used in basically just about every smart device you're ever going to own (laughs) yep the fact that he got in there with his name and the answer, I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Acorn. So Acorn give, gave us the uh, BBC Micro and the Acorn Archimedes. The Acorn, the CPU was developed for the Acorn Archimedes machines. And then um, when the, the computer division basically went past, so they spun off themselves off into <laughs> a uh, separate company to do to um do this continue developing the cpus and they're now known as um i believe advanced risk microprocessors but they're originally acorn risk microprocessors awesome amazing i feel like i did really badly (laughs) well i feel like i did less bad than i expected so well um (laughs) Querty, you're on six and a half points. Nick, you're on five. So it's Querty. You're very, very close. Um, so we'll, uh, well, no, look, I learnt a lot uh, yeah. tonight. That was uh, that was quite difficult. Yeah. Well, well, we've still yeah. got we've still got five more questions to go. So oh shit, oh, yeah, okay. it's pretty. Oh, so yeah, at the moment, it's still anyone's game. And we're now going on to a topic which I think you both might have knowledge of. Um, the internet, because we all basically live on the internet. So, Well, I'm, I'm good at that, so... So, question number one. When was the first internet connection installed in Australia? And bonus points if you can name where. Where is Sydney? No. <laughs> um, when I'm going to say 88 oh very close very yeah. close it was 19 it was, it was a... do you want to take another stab before uh, look uh, I'm going to go up I'm going to go say 89 yeah, uh, and it I'll... would have been at some university somewhere and I'll, I'll give you I'll give you half the point for university because it was the University of Melbourne Oh, who cares about Melbourne? So the next question, um, I have to, um, I've asked about when the first connection was was installed in Australia. So the next question, because of queries, when was the first internet connection installed in Queensland? Or sorry, not in Queensland, in Sweden. Um, Yeah, uh, they're different places, Tim. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And this one, because I've been... Vastly different weather. Yeah, I'll, I'll... yeah, I'll, um, there's a few additional points here. One point if you name the year, one point if you can name where, and one point if you can name the um, IP range that was given to them that they still use today. Uh, Uppsala, I'd guess. No. Well, I don't... Or Stockholm is the other one, but... Uh... Um, Nick, I'm going to guess it was earlier than Australia because we seem to be behind. So yeah. I'm going to say 86. 
Ooh. Close. Do you want do you want the do you want the answers? Yeah, uh, eighty nine. No. So yeah, it was darn it. I said earlier. Yeah. No. <laughs> so there uh, so it was installed in nineteen eighty four at the Chalmers ah. um, University of Technology. Okay. And the network rate IP range was one nine two dot five dot fifty dot zero, which when I checked um these on Monday they still own that range. Oh yeah! Wow. Um, I was surprised. I learned something. I figured it'd be the Stockholm or Uppsala, uh, the east of the country. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Chalmers, that's my home hometown. So, yay, hometown. Nice. So the the phrase spam email is a reference to a skit performed by what comedy group? Pretty Monty Python. <laughs> uh, yep, I'm giving you the point for that one because I think I've actually shown yeah, you I that skit. Some <laughs> useful. Yeah, Monty Python. Yes. Well, um, I've, I've been um, when I found out that um, Qwerty has not been introduced to Monty Python, I've had to show him some. One included the spam email skit. Yep. Ah, there you go. Uh, so uh, I've been brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> so ARPANET was the name of the network that was the precursor to the internet. When did the first computers connect to this network? To, to ARPANET? To ARPANET. Uh... 60s. Uh, in 1967? Um, it is 60s, not 1967, a little bit later than that. 68. <laughs> Still 69. late. I'll give, I'll give Quirty the point because it was 69. Oh, yeah, you finally uh, used for that number. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew it was 60s, I just couldn't remember when. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, the uh, first protocol that they used, which was the network control protocol, um, was adopted in seventy. So the the nodes were connected, but I think the um, protocol was still being developed. So it didn't get widespread connections until seventy. And the final question, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know whether you, either of you will get this, but it's I've just included it because it's a funny answer. The RFC, or Request for Comments, was an early way to discuss internet standards, and I believe they're still somewhat used. What does um, RFC 1149 define? Nick, yep. is it something like, uh, uh, not internet, but something over carrier pigeon? Or oh, I was like not... I was not getting expecting you to get that, but yes, you're bang on. Um, IP, yeah, IP yeah. it's IP over avian carrier, or basically yeah. the internet via carrier pigeons, which, when tested, um, has a very high data throughput. But um, yeah, it stuck a lot from packet loss and high latency. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot better than the MBN. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and you get a nice dinner uh, after <laughs> you get the delivery. <laughs> so, indeed. So Nick, um, at the end of the show, Nick, you're on seven and a half points. 
And Quirty, you're on eight and a half points. So Quirty oh, wins the show. Yay, finally. <laughs> oh, very oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so that was a whole lot of fun. I did enjoy putting this one together. It was yeah. hard. It was yeah. a lot harder than I expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to make it a little bit um, more, a little bit more difficult this time round. Yeah. But having learned stuff also, so yeah. Well, well, that's half the reason yeah. why I did it as well because um, it's good. It's good to learn stuff on a Sunday evening when our brains are fried. Oh yeah. Um, well. It's not Sunday evening, it's Sunday very early afternoon here, so yeah, yeah so I, have, I have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, might I might do one little um, thing before uh, we, wrap the, we wrap the show up, um, is I have asked about this in the Geek Chabber Discord. Um, so if you're not part of the Geek Jabber Discord, go to geekjabber.com, go to the social links at the top of the page, and I believe it's the left one that is our Discord server. Um, yep. I am contemplating creating some uh, Geek Jabber merchandise. So seeing if there's any interest in sort of Geek Jabber coffee mugs or Geek Jabber t-shirts or clothing items. Just want to see if there's at least some interest in doing something like that together. Um, I doubt it's going to make me millions because we've already got a very small community, and um, yeah, I haven't had much. But it's a nice way to support the site yeah. if you want to. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, given I'm contemplating stuff for another project that might be that is sort of possibly in the works, uh, I was just going to see if anybody desperately wanted any particular form of merchandise, and if so. What would they? If, what would they like to have included? So, uh, what about uh, Geekyaber underwear? I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I leave quotes. Quotes. Are you offering a model? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, let, let's have a look before we oh, um, before we actually um, before we actually end up well, the show. If you want Geekyaber underwear and um, just. Um, Connected to Discord. Well, and, um, yeah. Well, let's have a look because um, I'll, I'm not sure that I can actually do underwear. But let's. That's okay. They'll just be qwerties. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've got you got a few pairs there. Uh, well, one or two. Well, I could create <laughs> men's flea shorts. Um, and yeah, yes, I can. I can actually apparently make underwear. So. Well, well there yeah. you go. See. So. Yeah. So yay, gig jabber underwear. So that <laughs> yeah. that might be um, not to mention someone um, else um, who sells underwear on the internet, but uh, uh, he likes to model it um, personally uh, in live streams. Um, a certain tech tips person who I shouldn't name. <laughs> <laughs> That's perhaps uh, not really. Bit... Yep, he sells underwear and he shows it off. Oh, I don't know if I want to see that. To be honest, me neither. <laughs> yeah, but um. Oh, anyway, yeah. on that horrible network, on that horrible uh, mental image, we might call this show a night. So thank you, you two. That's for... probably. Yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah, but we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back in about two weeks' time, 
And questions next week, next quiz show, I want you to write the questions. Because yep. you, you're the one of us who hasn't done one yet. Yep. No, I have no excuse. Uh, since I'm He's on got holiday. Some homework. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we'll, uh, call uh, it a, we'll call well, it a show. We'll call it a show, and we'll see you in the Discord server or on the website or wherever. Bye, peoples. Hooray. <laughs>